What's up, Earth citizens? Welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about students from our School of Communications. And in this episode of Uncommon Grounds, host Chris Rausch interviews Emma Carmen. She recently graduated with a degree in journalism and a minor in sports studies. They talk about her time with three extracurricular clubs, her internships with a baseball team and with NBC Sports, and about her plans for the future. I'm David DeRoche. I'm the producer of the show. I'm also director of community programming at Quinnipiac. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by Chris Rausch. He's the Dean of the School of Communications. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Uncommon Grounds. This is a podcast about Quinnipiac University School of Communication students. My name is Dean Chris Rausch, and with me is Emma Carmen. Emma Carmen just graduated from the school in May. Emma, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So let's get a couple of things out of the way. Favorite Boston sports team? Boston Red Sox. Favorite Red Sox player of all time? David Ortiz. Why? Why Big Poppy? Honestly, I think I've just grown up with going to so many different games, and he always played during the time that I would be there. And my older brother was a baseball player in all throughout his life through college, too. So we would always go to games together and kind of discuss the whole, like, stats and everything aspect. And I just loved the person who he was, his personality. He had a lot of fun. Um, was a great ball player overall. When they won the World Series in 2013, my son had a big poppy jersey, and he he ordered the World Series patch, and we took it to a uh, a seamstress to get the World Series patch put on the front of the jersey. I love that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Okay. Favorite non Red Sox athlete in Boston? Ooh. Um. I would have to say, I don't even know. Um, I would say second behind baseball, my favorite would be New England Patriots. So probably would have been Tom Brady, but clearly that's not the case anymore. <laughs> that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. My son has three Tom Brady jerseys. Yep. But his lucky jersey that he wears in important games is the red Julian Edelman. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> that, that's the jersey he was wearing when they beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl when they were down 28-3. to three. Oh, yeah. That was a crazy game. I was yeah. superstitious. I had to leave the place I was at and go to a different place. I couldn't be there anymore. <laughs> I'll send you a video. His roommate in college took a video of him when they scored the winning touchdown in overtime. And it's on YouTube. I love it. He's crying. He's screaming. He's running through their apartment. Yeah. Wearing the red Edelman jersey. There were so many viral videos. <laughs> yeah. You want to be a sports journalist. Yes. Why sports journalism? What uh, What is your interest there? So I've always been an athlete my entire life. I was a gymnast from ages four to 16 competitively. And then I did a, our high school gymnastics team my junior and senior year of high school because I had back surgery my sophomore year of high school. So my path to participating in college sports was altered. I had a scoliosis, so I had a spinal fusion. So I have rods and screws in my back now. So I always wanted to be able to report on the sports, not only if I could do them. I had three older brothers who were also athletes. They all played sports in high school, and then two of them went on to play in college. And then I just always grew up watching SportsCenter or other sports shows, and I just fell in love with the idea of becoming a broadcaster and then wanted to pursue it further when I came to the conclusion of coming to Quinnipiac. 
And why Quinnipiac? What would you say was the ultimate decision factor? It came down to wherever I could get the best degree in journalism and what school would prepare me the most for my future. It actually came down to Quinnipiac and the University of Oregon, which are completely different coasts, but the both of the journalism schools were great. Um, just one was much closer to home, obviously, which was New Hampshire. What caught my eye for Quinnipiac was the extracurriculars and how easy it was to be involved. And then I came in and saw the studio and hearing from other students who were already there just made me feel like I would fit in best and get the best journalism career that I could. And when you got to Quinnipiac, what did you get involved in? So my freshman year was a little bit more of a struggle. I didn't realize that I was more of a homebody than I thought. And I joined Q30 Television my freshman year, and I started out working a little bit more behind the scenes and then having all these on-air opportunities, which were great. And then I decided to join Quinnipiac Bobcat Sports Network, which worked out perfectly because for Q30, we met on Monday and Tuesday nights for the live shows, and then QBSN met on Wednesday nights. So it kept me really busy. And then I decided to join the Association for Women in Sports Media, and all three of these clubs just kept me busy along with my decision to become the manager of the Quinnipiac Acrobatics and Tumbling team my sophomore year. I actually tried to do a walk-on position after my first year at Quinnipiac because I felt as if I just had so much time on my hands that I wasn't used to. I was used to practicing 28 hours a week for gymnastics. I was nonstop. I didn't have much free time on my hands. So I think after that freshman year, even being involved with some of the extracurriculars, I just had too much time to think about things and miss home. So I decided to reach out to the head coach, Marianne Powers, and I asked her if I could be a walk-on. And she gave me the opportunity at the beginning of my sophomore year. But Due to my scoliosis surgery, I was unable to really tumble on that hard floor like they do up at the basketball court. So I decided to become her manager and she gave me that opportunity because they didn't have one at the time. And then I was the manager for my sophomore, junior and senior year. So let's talk about Q30 first. How easy was it to to get started there and what did they have you do first? Um, It was great. It was super easy. Everyone was so welcoming. It was kind of like a family away from home, I felt like, uh, which helped me a lot with my freshman year, especially just getting used to everything. There was a lot of different people from every grade. There were other freshmen who were there too, going through the same thing I was. There were sophomores, juniors, and seniors. And then just having the opportunity to go live on those shows on Monday and Tuesday nights and be a part of the show, even if you just wanted to come in and watch in the studio, you could. You could work behind the scenes as floor director or directing the show or teleprompter, or you could be actually on air and as a host analyst, you could go on really about anything. And then there were so many opportunities, not only for the live show, but to do pre-tape segments, which I just felt that will help me my future and my reel and everything else I had to do. But it was just such a great experience. And then every single year, I just felt I could get more involved with. And how did you progress as you, you know, entered your sophomore year and junior year at Q30? So as Acro became more of my life, it was a little bit harder to go to some of my extracurricular stuff um, just because our practice times sometimes would keep me so busy and then I'd be exhausted by the end of the day. But I was a beat reporter for the women's basketball team my junior year and um, then I was a general member and just helped with anything else that anyone needed especially with the shows because I noticed that many of the kids in each year we'd have more and more kids joining so in my freshman year there was a decent amount of people 
but I noticed by the time I was a senior, so there were kids who were coming to Quinnipiac just for Q30. It has gained so much popularity, and I would notice how big the meetings would get and how the different departments, whether it was entertainment, news, or sports, were just growing so rapid, which was awesome. And then you got to meet so many people who wanted to do different things, not only just sports broadcasting stuff. So tell me a little bit about your work for the acrobatic and gymnastics team. As the manager, what were you doing? So at practices, I would film almost everything we do. Um, when it comes to acrobatics and tumbling, there's days where we would do just acro, and then there was days where we would do just tumbling stuff. And then as we got closer to the season, we would kind of mix them together or have practices where we went quote unquote full out, which would mean we would do a full routine and practice just like we would at a competition. So for tumbling days, when it came to filming, um, they were much more busy for me as in everyone was partaking and I would film different things on my phone. And then after the practices, I would send them to each of the athletes on the team so that they could do film review on them by themselves as well as when we had team film review. I would notice there's about 37 girls on the team. So that would take me a while to go through and send every video. But honestly, I knew how much it would help them and on their free time. And I noticed that a lot of gymnasts, cheerleaders, acrobats, all the recruits that we get tend to like to look at themselves and be visual learners about how to fix for the next practice or for the next time they were partaking in a certain skill. Outside of practice, I worked a lot with the head coach, Marianne Powers, on any tasks that we had to do during that time of year, such as travel itineraries, meals, official visits, or any type of like office work that I could help her with. She has two assistant coaches, and depending on the year, we've had a couple of volunteer coaches. So I noticed in the beginning months for August, September, October, it's a little bit slower due to just coming into school, being in the non-championship season, and then things would start to pick up. We compete from February to the end of April, and the end of April is the national championships, which is held at one of the universities that they have acrobatics and tumbling. And I would notice during that time, it was a lot more all about travel type stuff. But for the regular season, it would just be really whatever we needed to work on at that point. That sounds like a lot. (laughs) It was good, though. Honestly, it was an amazing experience. I wouldn't change anything for it. And I felt so involved um, with the team too. Like I never felt as if I wasn't a student athlete. Um, I think I've I've met a lot of other managers for teams and they more just like come into practice, sit with the iPad film and like that's what they do in their in and out. But I felt like for me to get an experience with the acro team and feel as if I could have that student athlete feeling, it would be to do this and give payback the unseen score, I guess you would say as to what I could do to help the team. And I was always able to travel too. She took me to every single meet home in a way. I didn't realize that there was so much video that was done uh, during practices so they could see that. I I never realized that about gymnastics. So that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you worked for a baseball team a couple of summers as well. Tell me how you got that and what you did for them. Yeah, so I interned with the North Shore Navigators the summer going into my junior year and then the summer going into my senior year. They're a summer collegiate baseball team in Lynn, Massachusetts, and it's only about 40 minutes from my house in New Hampshire. So I honestly just was looking at internships online. I always fell in love with baseball and it's been the sport I would love to cover one day. And I reached out to the manager of the time who was Joe Gill and he ran the press box and there was multiple positions open, but I 
always have wanted to be a team reporter. So I reached out to them and I was their team reporter for two summers and I helped run their social media, which ranged from Instagram, Twitter. So when I came, my day-to-day basis would be them. They had about 52 games in the summer. So I was required to be at all the home games. And then I would watch the game, take notes on certain key things that happened during the game. And then I would do post-game interviews with any of the players or coaches. And then there's a summer all-star game that they have that I had the chance to go to. And luckily enough, my first summer we had, I think, four all-stars. And then my second summer that we had, we had like seven and they had a scout day for all of the scouts that came up. So I was able to cover that and get some real good exposure and experience. Are these college players from all over the country? Yeah, they ranged from literally, there was some from community college that were locally in mass to all over the country. And then there's tons of different kids from every league. There's Ivy League, there's Pac-12, there's Big Ten, and it's freshman to senior year. So it's kids who are going to be freshmen to kids who are going to be seniors. Um, And now with this summer, obviously leagues are getting canceled left and right due to COVID, but they're actually hoping to play. Um, They're hoping to play. They're the one league right now in New England, the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, and they Cape Cod canceled, the NECBL canceled. So they're hoping for a July 1st start. And they actually asked me to be their team reporter again, just because there's nothing else going on right now. And there's not like I can get much of a job right now, considering everyone's on a hiring freeze. So I'm going to be their team reporter if they can make it happen, whether there's tons of rules or not, or what the guidelines are. Very cool. I'd imagine probably nobody in the stands during the games. Yeah, no one right now. (laughs) And then I also had experience at NBC Sports this past. I was going to ask you about that. How did you do that and the baseball team at the same time? (laughs) Yeah, so I honestly wasn't planning on doing the baseball team my second summer, but the general manager of the team, Bill Terlecki, he was suffering from cancer and was starting to just slow down a little bit. So he needed some extra help around the field, whether it was showing up a little bit early to water some flowers or just anything else. So I totally, I said, absolutely, I would come back, help them out, be a team reporter for them. And he actually passed away this past year. But just being there every day with him, whether we were sitting in his office laughing about something or he actually had a chance to interview me instead of me interviewing anyone else, which was awesome. And so I ended up doing that with NBC. I got the internship at NBC Sports first and then decided to do the NAVs. But for NBC, they require two days a week and you're there from my shifts were three to midnight. And then if you want to do more on top of that, you are more than welcome to. So I worked my two days and then any other days that I could, I worked there. But for NBC, I mostly worked in the control room behind the scenes. And then I actually had some great opportunities to go out in the field. The summer is a little bit more of a slower time, I would say, for them. But I had the chance to go to a couple Red Sox games, actually the Red Sox versus Yankees twice, which was really cool. And I got to go in the uh, locker room post game and I got to hold the mic and interview and stand there with everyone else, just as if I was a reporter with them, which was amazing. And then New England Patriots training camp was towards the end of my summer internship. So I had the chance to go out there 
and experience that, which I actually did back to back. I went to the Patriots in the morning, slept in a hotel, went in the Patriots in the morning around 8 a.m. and then went to the Red Sox game later on. But it was amazing. My supervisor, Brian O'Neill, taught me so much. And I would sit in on some live shows. And just the experience there was wonderful. What do you feel like all these internships taught you or built upon that you learned at Quinnipiac? Honestly, I feel like Quinnipiac taught me so much behind the scenes. And honestly, Q30 was amazing. Just hearing from older people in that club and getting to learn how to do everything. Like I noticed in Q30, we use ENPS for like scripts. And then I went to NBC and we were also using ENPS. So how fast I was to catch up with everything that they had to teach most interns was just amazing. And all the things that at, at Quinnipiac that were so easy to learn then made it so much easier to use in my internship. And then honestly, the biggest takeaway I would say from both internships is to just be yourself and always ask questions. I was always a little bit more nervous in the beginning when you're an intern, because there you are sitting there doing whatever they're really telling you to do. But the more you ask, the more you say, hey, I want to do a stand-up here. Can I do a stand-up here right in front of Fenway Park? They're like, absolutely, I'll give you all the feedback you need. I met so many different people doing that way. I ended up like seeing myself on Nesson one day, just on the sideline, like with the camera there, but everyone's asking me tons of questions and then it just leads to so many more opportunities and networking, which is super important. All right, last question, because we're almost out of time. Where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? All right, I'll be 32. Hmm. Goals would be a team uh, reporter for the Boston Red Sox. That's a pretty nice goal to have. <laughs> it's a big goal, but you know what? We can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. All right, Emma, I really appreciate your time. It's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Chris Roush interviewing Emma Carmen, who recently graduated with a degree in journalism and a minor in sports studies. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by Chris Roush. He's the Dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University. Shows produced by me, David DeRoche. I also did the music. To learn more about all of our podcasts, you can visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. And definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram at qupodcasts. And if you have a story to share or something you want to talk about or comments on any episodes, find us on social media or you can shoot us an email. That address is qupodcasts at qu.edu. On the next episode of Uncommon Grounds, Chris interviews Dan Passapera, a rising sophomore majoring in journalism. Until then, keep your distance, wash your hands, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.